I stayed there for a while. I felt like I needed to catch my breath. Eventually, I left the cabin and the cold air smacked me in the face. Like a cool rush of water, my senses were brought back to life and given enough time, I found my way back to my watchtower. My tower wasn't the cleanest place in the world, but compared to the one I had left behind, it felt brand new. Before I could really settle down, I made sure to contact someone about the body I had found. The local authorities were notified, and I was assured they would investigate the situation immediately and thoroughly. I was surprised that they didn't seem to suspect that I had any hand in it. If they did, they were hiding it well. Though I'm sure I wouldn't be a hard person to find should they need to question me further. Sitting in my lookout, my eyes couldn't help but wander over to where the other tower was. It did not matter how hard my eyes focused, I could not make out the tower in the distance, only the eternally stretching wave of green. Every so often, I would thumb through the book I found at the other tower. I read stories of strange disappearances related to the wooded areas, tales of people vanishing out of thin air, sometimes mere feet away from other people. The trees can be wicked and a force to lose track quickly in, but some of the stories were insane. People would vanish and be found miles and miles away. Children would disappear and be found in fields they had no business being in. It was as if they were plucked from the forest and simply placed somewhere else entirely. Surprisingly enough, I was able to read a fair bit of the book, and as the sun started to set, there were hardly any fire sightings. It was a quiet day. As the land grew dark once again, I got antsy, expecting some sign of life below to draw me out into another adventure. Another hour or so ticked by and nothing happened. I was admittedly relieved. I could feel the stress that everything had put onto my body and Lord knows I needed a rest mentally. Eventually, I descended the tower and entered my little cabin. The bed felt more comfortable than it ever had. It took me a while to fall asleep, still plagued by the things that I witnessed recently. Sleep did arrive though. Darkness incinerated my racing thoughts. I don't know what dreams were conjured, but... I didn't recall any great waves of fire or burning trees. I dare say, I felt amazing upon waking up. The sun was just beginning to peek through the window. It was a battle to convince myself to get out of bed. Regardless, my aging wooden frame creaked as my weight shifted and I pulled myself out of bed. I was still a little sore but invigorated. I climbed the tower and watched for signs of smoke. It was another uneventful day. But while I sat there, I started coming up with a plan. Some way I could map out where the trees would take me. Once night came around, I walked through the woods and whenever I would see a gate crafted by the trees, I would throw a piece of cloth through. I would try to make one cloth distinct from the other to remember what tree they belonged to. Sure, it wasn't a perfect plan. There were plenty of holes in it. But at the very least, I couldn't find any of the cloth. I would know that the gates led to somewhere far away. Far enough for some kid to suddenly find himself lost in a cave. I did that for a few nights, and to my surprise, I found a few pieces of cloth. Whenever I did, I made sure to mark on my map where the shortcut led to. 
It wasn't much, but it felt like I had more control over my life by taking initiative. A few days went by like that. During the day, I would make sure no fires broke out, and at night I would scour the forest floor for stray pieces of cloth, all while trying my best to understand the circumstances that led me to wandering around the forest at night. Eventually, I even started to convince myself that maybe the happenings were done. I hadn't seen any strange happenings in a few days. I thought maybe it was all just leading me to the other watchtower, maybe, or that it was just all happenstance, and I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. The thought was comforting. I could just go back to life how it was before, hiding away in my tower, keeping the woods from burning up. Thoughts like that are all too comforting and all too simple. It was about a week or so into doing this every single night that my routine suddenly became interrupted. I was walking through the woods as normal, a flashlight beam searching for any gates I might have missed when I happened across another figure. I stopped in my tracks and kept the light on him. His head was tilted to the side. His body was stark. Even with the flashlight on him, it looked like he was made of darkness. It reminded me of when I found Richard. The man stood there basking in my light. Around me, I could hear the foliage being compressed and shifted around, moving my flight Moving my flashlight towards the intrusion, I found similar figures. Skin turned to the color of soot, slowly surrounding me on all sides. I should have been more scared, sure, but from what I saw, none of them were armed, and I was. When they all halted their steps, I returned my light to the man standing before me, who had since turned to face me. I got a good look at his face, and it was enough to strike a little fear in me. There was hardly anything left that resembled a human face. No features that I could pick out and identify with. His face had been so scorched, I could almost see the ember still burning under his skin. It was rugged, dark, and twisting. He and the others around me were wearing masks, etched onto them by a flame. The more I stared at the man, who stood motionless in my direction, the more the twisting scars resembled bark on dying trees. If I didn't blink often enough, the man would start to meld with the world behind him. You are close now. I couldn't see the man's mouth moving, yet the voices were very clearly coming from him. His voice was shaky and full of bass like the voice I had heard in my dream. Then he took a step towards me. I could hear the leaves around me shifting as the others mimicked his movement. My heart raced and I quickly raised my gun and pointed the barrel at the man in front of me. Checking my peripherals, I made sure the others weren't trying to make a move on me. I tried to keep my head cool, but the gravity of the situation was starting to fold in on me. They all stopped, each twisted mockery of a human, every smoldering, desecrated figure still as statues around me. I kept the rifle held up high as I tried to slow my breathing. I could feel the gun rattling in my hand. It was shaky, but I was close enough. I didn't want to shoot if I didn't have to. Sure, I could have taken down one or two, but if the others rushed me, I, I would be in a bad way. There were at least eight of them around me, with no certain means of escape. It's almost time for you to cleanse us, he spoke once more. My mind flashed to the dream, the wave of fire, how the heat felt against my face. 
I briefly remembered Richard's watchtower, and the words burned into the map. My fear was beginning to dissipate, being replaced by another set of emotions. As I imagined the dream, I could see the waves sweeping the lands and engulfing my wife and our newborn. I could see the fire licking away at their skin, turning them to ash and scarring their skin until they were completely unrecognizable. My fingers wrapped around the grip of my rifle as a hot rage welled up. My foot moved of its own volition and my finger flipped the safety off. The gun shaking halted. My teeth would have broken if I clenched them any harder. That's enough. The sound of my own voice shocked me. I didn't hear myself too often when I'm out on watch. It was rougher than I remembered it being. What is all of this? I shouted. I could hear my voice bouncing through the trees. What's all this shit? Beads of spit left my mouth as the volume drew up. I could feel my heart pounding as my face went red. Their bodies seemed to react to my voice. Like magma was flowing under their skin. I would see hues of red pulse when I spoke. Who are you? I demanded. Stern hands aimed for the stranger's head. The shape stepped back. Once again, the sounds of leaves and dirt shifting alerted me as the others were moving in, in unison, but this time they were walking away. I shouted, trying to get their attention, as I swiveled to aim at them. I, they, they just weren't paying me no mind, and this was making me so angry. My attention quickly returned to the one who spoke to me when he started retreating further as well. My footsteps advanced to match his. Don't run away now, I prodded. Turning his back to me, the figure wasn't phased in the slightest by my threats. Instead, he continued to walk even as I yelled after him. Anything I could say to try to get him to speak again. Just as I thought he was turning with intention to face me, he stepped behind a tree and I moved my rifle to the other side, waiting for him to emerge from behind it. I stood still for a moment before it dawned on me. I cursed at myself and hurried to where the figure stepped behind the tree. And I moved my rifle to the other side of it, waiting for him to emerge from behind it. I stood still for a moment before it dawned on me. I cursed at myself and hurried to where the figure stepped behind the tree. Sure enough, the limbs of the tree were twisted and arched over to the next. It was a shortcut. I couldn't hear anything other than my own breathing. They must have all taken shortcuts. I thought about entering after him, but my mind whirred to the possibility that they would be waiting for me on the other side, ready to ambush me. Going back and forth in my mind on whether to follow, I felt my chest tighten up and the hairs on my arms stand. Just as I exhaled, an enormous shape emerged from the shortcut and ran into me. It felt like getting hit by a bus. My shoulder smacked a nearby tree, and as I went spiraling through the air, after a second or two of flight, I landed on the thankfully forgiving soil. I could already tell my shoulder was going to have a nasty bruise. Other than that, I was trying my best to get some air back in my lungs even though my body resisted. When I was mobile enough, I inched my way over to the tree and rested my back against it. Ignoring the pain radiating in my shoulder as best as I could, I pulled the rifle up and aimed it at the darkness before me. I sat and waited for any sign of movement from what had hit me. The ground I was still laying on seemed to vibrate and I could hear a low hum coming from the sound from the shroud. When I saw it, two silver saucer eyes peering at me through the trees. The eyes rested at nearly double my height. 
its form shifted back and forth, eyes scanning through the trees trying to locate where it had thrown me. I was too afraid to make a move. Thankfully, the strap kept my gun at my side, but my flashlight had been thrown clear from me. I couldn't even navigate the woods if I wanted to run. I would surely run face first into a tree during my panic. I made slow and cautious movements toward the beam of light, laying on the ground. My first course of action was to grab the light. As I drew closer, my eyes staring at the light, I saw the creature's hand slam down into the beam, casting a shadow against the tree. It was large enough to palm my head. Its fingers were stiff and twisting. Strands wrapped around its fingers. It almost looked like old wound-up chain-link fencing. It was dark, though, like the burnt flesh of the figures I saw moments ago. I halted my breath and went still again as I hear the thing huffing around, trying to catch sight of me. My body was covered in dirt from the fall, and I could only assume it was masking my scent enough to hide me. Looking up, I remembered the creature that chased me when I saw those kids immolate themselves. Its eyes were much the same. Soon the beast gave up where it was searching and moved on, leaving me free to grab the flashlight. I didn't think the thing was attracted to light, as it would have gone immediately for the flashlight instead of wandering around. I took the opportunity to raise the flashlight to get a better look at its body. It was starting to walk away from me, so I didn't think I would have another chance and curiosity was burning a hole through me. The wiry nature that made up the creature's hand was consistent throughout the rest of its body. It looked like a mass of old, rusted wire fencing molded into the shape of a creature. Though the wire did appear more organic, the longer I looked at it. Each strand seemed like it could move independent from the rest of its body. The wires twisted and shaped into a bipedal being that hunched over, its arms seeming to hold more weight than the legs did. The legs almost seemed more like tree trunks, wires sprouting out and digging into the soil like, like roots. It started to shift towards me, and I heard the humming again. It appeared like the noise was just created by the wires rubbing against each other. I slowly rose to my feet as its gaze scanned, and I pulled myself behind a tree trying to hide from its sight. I could hear it moving closer to the tree when I halted just on the other side of it. I could see the light its eyes were giving off, creating soft shadows on the ground. Trying to keep my breath quiet, I hoped it would pass. Instead, I felt something rub up against the shoulder that was injured. I couldn't help but wince when pressure was put on the wound and the cable that agitated it quickly retreated. There was a monstrous roar as dozens of wires started emerging from the sides. They moved in front of me like they were intending to pin me to the tree. Instead, I lowered my frame and made a run for it. It already knew where I was. The hiding game was one that I lost. My feet were moving as fast as I could through the trees. I didn't know where I was heading, only that I hoped the gaps in the trees gave my smaller size an advantage. A quick glance back proved that that was naive. It was almost like the thing wasn't running after me. It was like it was swimming. The way the cords reached out and pulled it forward made it more liquid-like in nature. I also got a brief look at this thing's face. There, the two saucer rested behind a mask of discarded and eroded animal skulls, crudely held together by the same wires it was made up of. I wondered where this thing came from, 
where the gate the burn the individual entered led to? Was it a land where these things existed, or was it being held captive somewhere? How far could the gates take you? To the other side of the earth? Other planets? Separate realities? Where would such a creature naturally exist? The gate stirred an idea in my head, and suddenly I knew where I was going. Could vaguely make out my tower in the distance, and after figuring out where I must be, I took a hard right and headed to my destination. My heart was already pumping so fast, and my breathing was getting ragged, not to mention the constant sting my shoulder gave off every time I pumped my arm. Though it was a miracle, I could move as well as I was after taking such a hit. Every time I glanced back at the thing, I was filled with some sort of uncertain horror. It seemed so alien but moved through the forest like it had spent its whole life there. Turning back, I saw my destination approaching and dropping for just a moment as I swiveled to face this thing. Raising the rifle up, I heard the shot crack through the air. The bullet hit the animal skulls it was wearing, splintering the bone. The fibers rattled, and it gave out an awful buzzing roar that sounded like it was caught in a swarm of locusts. Then it charged at me, really charged. The delicate way it moved through the forest was gone. Instead, its body crashed and maimed the trees around it as it approached me. Hoping my plan would work, I turned again as I ran as fast as I could, though the sounds behind me indicated it was gaining ground quickly. My heart nearly gave out. I ran until I passed through two trees. I had seen time and time again. I planted my feet as firmly as I could, resisting my own momentum. I threw my body to the side. The rock face beneath me was not kind to the shoulder that I landed on. I couldn't help but let out a scream of my own, but I had made it to where I wanted to be. The creature initially attacked me through a gate, and I planned to use one to fight it on my own terms. I watched as a thing's body rushed through. It rushed through the gate seemingly appearing out of thin air. This was the first gate I had ever encountered. The same one it made me fall through the night I saw those teens. It was so strange. This thing's body was so large, and it was moving so recklessly it had no chance to alter its path or know what was coming next. I watched as the thing's momentum carried it right off over the cliff. I found myself standing so many nights ago. The wires reached out from his body trying to grab onto the edge but the mass of the main body was just too much. It sailed through the air and I felt some catharism. Knowing how just moments ago it had caused me to fly. The cliff was high. I had no idea if the height was enough to damage it let alone kill it. I struggled to sit up so I could watch its form shifting trying to gain purchase anywhere. My eyes focused as its frame slammed into the top of the trees that gored it like a picket fence. Then the thing's body vanished beyond the canopy. There was a dense scream that emitted from where the impact was. I waited a while, seeing if any movement would occur, but nothing ever came of it. Just the stillness of the forest. Pulling my hand away from my shoulder, I looked at my palm. It looked as if it had been resting over a fire. Putting both my palms side by side, I could clearly see the damage. My left palm looked so aged and scarred it resembled tree bark. From within the scar, I saw drift up a small ember. I watched the spark lift into the night sky until my watchtower became visible again, and I prepared for my long walk home. It's almost time. 